wealth you have to invest in the trend of the future mm. and the trend of the future is Welcome to episode 3 of our Modern Wealth podcast. Today we have a very 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 uh, inspiring guest who will blow your minds away. This is one of the OGs in the forex market, a uh, uh, venture capitalist in the crypto market as well. He's a friend of mine for many many years. I've known him for more than a decade now actually already, right? So let's invite our very special guest Kishore Thank you thanks, very much thanks. for coming bro. Thanks Rash, thank you for thanks for having me here. Yes, yes, yes. Dude, if you can just introduce yourself, you know what you do currently right now and you know what's your like you know your line of work if you can share, just share that that'll be great. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, first of all, uh, this uh, new venture of yours is uh, very exciting to me. Mm. Um, I'm actually looking forward to to this uh, new idea of yours and so happy that uh, you've invited me Rash for uh, sharing and I'll uh, see to it that uh, uh, whatever can benefit the community you know um, which has always been your goal and uh, objective and i love to be part of your of your mission and vision so thank you yeah. for making me part of it awesome. so just a quick uh, background myself uh, resh i actually started my career uh, as an otc broker okay and then i moved to silicon valley okay. to work uh, for a b2b marketplace okay uh, this is uh, way before the dot com crash wow and then i was in silicon valley for almost 2 years um post silicon valley they posted me in singapore and then uh, unfortunately uh, the dot com crash happened wow. so i stayed back in singapore um, and then in singapore i started my own hedge fund i ran it for almost a decade and then uh, i was bitten by the bitcoin bug wow. because i was in the financial field so uh, back then all my financial friends were talking about bitcoin and i'm like uh, what's this bitcoin you know i was anyways doing uh, Uh, derivative so i was a derivative hedge fund manager so i was um, i would say at the extreme end of uh, of uh, leverage finance let's call it or leverage wealth yeah. right yeah, yes, yes, yes. and now you are doing that correct yeah. uh, so you are very familiar with it and then um, i decided to uh, do a deep dive so i i went to europe estonia and i actually got a license to run an exchange mm. um and then uh, Fortunately two things happened bitcoin crashed from 20000 all the way to 3000 mm. and estonian uh, laws changed for regulators uh, who are having regulated license to run an exchange mm. so obviously i could not stay back in estonia because there was no requirement mm. to to stay back in estonia so i came back to singapore and i joined a company called propine mm. uh, which was one of the only companies back in 2019 mm. uh, to get an in principle license from mas to run uh, a crypto custody mm-hmm. service so i was with propine and then uh, soon i came across this company called playmon which mm. was into nft metaverse gaming okay and i was very intrigued uh, what is this uh, metaverse what is this nft mm. uh, but i decided to kind of uh, jump in i joined them uh, as their growth officer chief growth officer and uh, i was amazed uh, i was the only guy uh, who was in the 50s mm. and rest all the entire team was in their 25 so wow. i was they were tw- like half my age wow. and they were super smart mm. super uh, knowledgeable mm. and they were so good in technology that uh, even though i come from silicon valley and, and none of them went to silicon valley mm. i felt like uh, i'm already out of place mm. so i decided this is a space i want to be in mm. because the kind of uh 
wealth I saw in that project where we got listed on gate and MXC and uh, it went up 10x which mm. means uh, uh, whoever had invested a, a let's say a thousand dollars suddenly became ten thousand mm-hmm. dollars right uh, and that was a turning point for me mm. to look at startups as a wealth creation uh, um, means of uh, apart from trading which mm. which was what which was my forte right uh, and then I decided to start my own VC. So since then, I've been uh, funding startups and uh, never looked back, Rush, to be honest with you. Mm. Um, I like the passive style now more than the active. Mm. Although the active style is important uh, because uh, you don't, don't tend to get lazy. Sure, sure. <laughs> but the passive style, the difference between the passive style, what I'm doing right now is I get to meet a lot of founders. Okay. And I talk to them on a daily basis. Yep. And... Uh, so I'm very much in up to date, I would say, with the latest technology in Web3, mm. uh, not so much in Web2. Mm. So did that for a year. And then this year, we also launched a company called Mad for NFTs, mm. where we specialized in uh, NFTs and we help companies who are looking to basically launch the NFT collection. So we do end to end right from their, uh, the development of their their NFT, which is the basically the creative side of it, as well as the the selling, which is marketing and mm. selling out the collection. Okay. So that's uh, pretty much uh, been my journey, Resh. And then um, um, I guess uh, every day it's a new thing. Um, you know, today you think you know everything, then tomorrow you wake up and suddenly you find now you have ordinals, something mm. completely new. Yep. Right. So and, and you are also, I'm sure, in the sailing in the same boat. Right. Mm-hmm. Every day it's something new. So this space is something that I wake up and I know I'll be surprised. Mm. That's what I like about this space. <clears throat> Interesting. Yeah. The crypto space. Kishore, can you can you roll us back in time? Okay. Roll us back in time. Maybe the 20 year old Kishore. <laughs> okay. Maybe you uh, were you thinking about you know how do I make my first pot of gold? Yes. Was that was that uh, who were you as that young boy, young man, and what was what, what were the first steps that got you to that first pot of gold? Resh, I'll be super 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 honest with you. Yeah. My goal was not that first pot of gold. No, it wasn't. My goal was how I can land up in Silicon Valley. That was the goal. That was my pot of gold. Okay. If I can land up in Silicon Valley, okay. I think. A lot of doors will open up for me. Which which year? Which what? So what this year was I, I finished my MBA and uh, I I started working for an OTC broking mm. uh, uh, so company. So that was my first job. That was my first job. Okay. Uh, this was in India actually. Um, in India back then there were only two exchanges. Uh, this was the third exchange. It was mm. the OTC exchange, and very few uh, broking houses were given license mm. for this, and we were one of them. Mm. So um, and I, I I actually sat for the exam to get the license. Okay. So we were very excited, but unfortunately, OTC means primarily supporting projects which have zero um, history. Okay. Right. Okay. So it's it's like it's like the startup scene, yes, right? Yes, yes. So you're allowing a startup to list. So what happens? A lot of startups mm. had this amazing idea, but we were not able to execute. Mm-hmm. So a lot of OTC projects they failed. Mm. So they collected a lot of uh, money. They mm. they did a lot of uh, hype, mm. but they were not able to deliver. Okay. So the OTC exchange closed down. Okay. So I decided, you know what, I, I need to, my next goal, stepping stone has to be Silicon Valley. the America. next level up, which okay. is Silicon Valley. 
America. That was America. That okay. was my goal. And uh, and let me tell you something, uh, Resh. You have to see yourself there even before you go there. Mm. In other words, I literally manifested myself mm. working in mm. Silicon Valley okay. without having any appointment, job offers, mm. even without having an air ticket. Mm. Wow. Yeah. I just said to myself, within the next three months, I'll be having a job in Silicon Valley wow. without having any... I, I, I don't even have a friend to tell me that, okay, this friend will kind of... Mm. No. So, once I made that declaration, mm. uh, the universe aligns. Mm. And this is something which I wanted to kind of... I don't usually talk about this, mm. but uh, I just want to share with uh, the viewers uh, that, guys, um, anything you do in life... It's not so much about what you wish. It's more so about what you believe. Mm. Mm. And that was a turning point in my life. And there are a lot of more instances which I, would, which I think I've also shared during your uh, event mm. in uh, Bali, where I lost all my documents, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how I just found it, right? It's all about the belief that, that I will get it back again. Mm. So um, this is something which I want everyone to understand that we don't achieve what we achieve is because our belief is it's not going to happen but our desire is we want it mm -hmm. so your beliefs need to be aligned with your desire correct 100% <clears throat> and your beliefs need to be aligned first your belief is more important than your desire mm. very very nice man I completely agree with that right? <laughs> you gotta you know faith is believing in what in the things unseen exactly right? exactly in things unseen and that's how it comes to pass beautiful man exactly so silicon valley and that's where you that's where you said you know you wanted to look for opportunities and you know that if you went to silicon valley doors will open opportunities will come about what were some of the initial few opportunities that opened up for you when you went to silicon valley so very interesting i, I landed in silicon valley guys and uh uh and back then the there was this uh summit in mm. in us uh which was only for the Silicon Valley guys. Mm. It was called the Silicon Valley um, Tech Summit. Mm. Um, and it was mainly for VCs mm. and for tech guys. Mm. So VCs uh, and projects, sorry, these three. So VCs wanted to fund tech projects and tech projects wanted good tech guys. Of course. So that was a kind of whole idea for okay. that. So I went to that summit and uh, I met every single project, every single VC who I could possibly, mm. and just said, I'm, uh, I'm landed here and I'm, I'm, I want to get a job. Mm. Um, I was very good in finance mm. and I was a C, C uh, programming language gold medalist. Mm. So I said, you know what, doesn't matter whichever way, I will, I will land up a job in either. Mm. And I got a job in both. Mm. So I got a job in a tech company and I also got a job in a VC. Mm. But eventually I went and joined a tech company mm. rather than a VC. VC okay. Yeah. Interesting. So you are, you already had that skill sets yes. in place, right? So yes. you were a C programming gold medalist as yes. well, right? So that was the skill sets you took so that you could succeed, you know, even if you're in Silicon Valley or yes. whatever not. Okay, interesting. interesting. And, and, and to make sure I can get into VC, I completed my MBA in finance. So wow. that way, at least I have both. Okay, okay. So you, you were educated, right? You had the MBA. Uh, I, I, yeah, yeah, I had the bare minimum requirement. Let's put it this way. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. That was cool. That was cool. So you had that prerequisites. You know, I always talk about having that high income skill sets. 
right? The high income skill set. So no, no matter where you go, you know, whether it's a company, whether it's a business you start, you need to have that base skill sets that you can bring value, right? Yep. So again, when you can bring value to the table, when you can bring value to a company, that's how you get hired, that's how True. you get paid big bucks as well. True. Right? So that's how you build your initial capital. True. Right? True. And then, you know, again, knowing programming and then understanding trading is a different thing altogether. Yep. You can be a really smart guy with, uh, you know, double PhDs, yep. but you can completely flop in trading. Yes, 100%. How did you make the transition to, hey man, I want to discover and learn about trading and how did you become a master at trading, right? So again, Kishore is one of the foremost experts, you know, in trading as well, right? One of the, one of the earliest guys who pioneered, you know, Forex in Singapore, yes. right? So yes. uh, share, share with us about that and that journey for you. Absolutely, uh, Resh. So in America, back then when I was uh, working, um, there were a lot of seminars going around, yep. right? So I attended one of the seminars and this seminar was on options. Mm. And uh, this was conducted back then by the founder of Thinkoswim. Oh, wow. Yes. So I met up and the seminar was about Thinkoswim. Mm. Like, you know, how to use the platform and why you should use Thinkoswim. And I'm hearing options for the first time because that time options in 1998 was, I, I guess, only available in America and Korea. Wow, very new, man. Very, very new, well. very new, right? So I said, hang on, I need to first learn the instrument before I can trade them, right? Yep, yep, yep. So what I did is I enrolled at Berkeley okay. for a program on derivatives. Okay. So every week uh, after my work, I would drive from Silicon Valley, which is Sunnyvale where my office, mm. all the way to San Francisco. Okay. So I did this every week mm, mm, mm. for almost three months. Mm. Now the best part is the guy who was teaching me at Berkeley mm. was not a uh, academic teacher. Mm. He was actually a CBOE flow trader. Oh wow! So back then it was all about flow trading. Mm. It was not electronic. Mm. Thinkorswim was Thinkorswim and Option Express was Express. one of the very early online yes. broking houses, yes. right? So this guy literally taught me the ins and outs. Mm. And that was a complete mind shift he did for me. And he told me that you can't be trading just equity. You have to be extremely, extremely good in, in trading. The best thing is to do options. Mm. And then he thought options, not, not just to me. Mm. It was a very small class. But I was very fortunate that a practical guy was there mm. and this guy taught me the ins and out mm. and my job was such that after like Silicon Valley is like as long as you do your job mm. you know you have all the time to do whatever you want to do mm. so I used to be trading options mm. half the time mm. and I used to do my job half the time mm. and I, I could just started to see the, 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 the money mm. from my options trading eventually became more than my job income. No. And again, thanks to this guy. Mm. Not that I developed something on my own. Sure, sure, sure. Um, and I, I just didn't leave it thereafter. So mm. uh, when I lost my job in the mm. US mm. and I came to Singapore, which I already shared with you, I started sharing options first mm. with guys. Interesting. And then a lot of people learn options through us, mm. through, my, through my strategies. Mm. And then, subsequent to that, I moved to Forex. So, mm. all the people know me more of a Forex guy, mm, mm, mm. but I started off as options. Wow, interesting. Wow. So, that was the, that was the whole story. Talking about 2004, 2005. Correct. 
That's what, that's what you're talking Correct. about, the timeline. Correct. Because right? I got to know you first in 2010-ish, 10, 10, 11 or whatever not, right? Yes. With regards to Forex. Yes. So that was incredible. So, <clears throat> Kishan, I want to ask you a question, right? So you shared your journey in Silicon Valley, getting a different job, you know, moving back to Singapore and everything, right? So let's talk about something that maybe people in the audience or nobody knows about, right? Let's talk about some of your lowest points, right? Like where... You know where the world goes crashing down, yep. where you've lost everything, and it can be in finance, it can be in anything else, right? Yep. But what's one story that hardly anybody knows about where you literally hit your rock bottom and you're thinking, you know, how do I get up now? This has got nothing to do with money. Great. This has got to do more with uh, my personal life. Tell me. Which I don't share much, but since you're asking, <clears throat> um, it's more about how. Um, your marriage doesn't work mm. and when you love your children so much mm. and how a divorce can uh, can um, separate a father mm. from the child wow. right so that was the most uh, I would say worst part of my life mm. right uh, People talk about the money more, but I think that when you, when families break, the pain is more because you you tend to lose the people that you love the most. Mm. And for me, my kids was my treasure. Mm. Mm. So I would say that was the the worst part of my entire life. Hmm. What were some of the, you know, I always believe in lessons that we get from the lowest points as well, right? During this very, very difficult phase, what were some very important lessons that you you really take away, which you will tell any guy who's looking to get married, right? <laughs> <laughs> this is not a married webinar. Sorry, guys. Uh, 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 I, I kind of a little no, bit it's okay. uh, I think it's very interesting. away. Uh. But, but um, the important lesson is... Uh, uh, it can affect your finance yeah. if you're talking from a monetary point of view. Sure. Uh, so that part, one has to be very careful mm. uh, when relationships don't work, when marriages don't work. Mm. But more, more important, I, I believe that uh, um, sometimes I feel that we are, we are not writing our own story. Mm. The story is already written. We're just playing an act with the actors. Mm. So when I was down and I and I thought I'd lost all my kids because of the broken marriage, I eventually got married again. Mm. So now I have a second marriage and now I have a kid. Mm. And now I get the same love mm. from my kid. Mm. So sometimes that time I thought. I lost it all because when you lose your child, you mm. lose everything, right? Mm. And then somehow the universe mm. refills your cup. Mm. Mm. So, guys, um, have faith in the, the superpower. Or you may want to call it God, you may want to call it superpower, you may call it universe. Uh, sometimes we feel we are at fault, but there are many times... We have no control over many things. And the universe has a better plan for us. If you have that kind of an attitude, 
in everything, in your job, let's say you lost your job because your boss fires you for no reason of yours, you have a better job coming. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's time for you to start your own business. Mm. Right? If you fail in, in one business, guess what? The universe has a better plan for you. Mm. Right? Uh, when you lose friends, guess what? You end up getting new friends like Resh. Mm. So I have started to look at life like this. Whenever no comes to me, I know that there's a reason universe doesn't want me to have it because they have something better for me. Mm. So that's how I have overcome all my past failures. Mm. Beautiful, man. So I do thank you so much for sharing that part, right? <laughs> no, because again, uh, you know, you can have money really working for you. Yes. But if you come back to you know, a home that is empty. Yes. You know, what, what joy is there? No joy. Right? There's no joy, right? Zero. You need to have all these different parts working, yes. right? And, you know, there's lessons to be learned from that as well. So, thank you so much for sharing them. I really, really appreciate it, right? Yes. Uh, you know, so, okay. So, dude, you know, when, I'm, when we're talking about money, right? And we're talking about your journey as an OTC broker, you know, all the way through, right? We, you know, there's a lot of success, right? A lot of success, you know, options-wise was fantastic. Forex-wise, it worked. Right now, in crypto, you started in Bitcoin early, and now you're a crypto VC and everything. What are some characteristics of a money master? Right? Uh, maybe I'll share from a VC point of view. Let's go. Yeah. You see, guys, uh, if you look at the Web2 space, which is where I came from mm. in Silicon Valley, it was all about your product. Mm. But if you look at Web3 right now, it's all about community. Mm. You could have the best of best product, mm. but if nobody's making noise, mm. guess what? It means nobody wants a product. Mm. Right? So things have changed. Now community can decide whether they want to basically support or they want to just pull the legs of the project. Yeah. So the good thing is today the Gen Z's mm. have a very high say mm. in a VC to decide. Mm. All the top VCs are looking at, okay, fair enough, the 15 to 25 year bracket mm. are going to be making decisions mm. In the next 10 years, correct? Yep. Why? Because they'll be earning the maximum amount of money, mm-hmm. correct? Mm-hmm. So, if the project mm. caters to this age group mm. between 15 to 25, mm. and if this age group becomes a sticky, that means, for example, McDonald's, right? Mm. If I grow up eating McDonald's, there's a very high chance when I become a father, mm. I will take my kid to McDonald's Mm, mm, mm. because I grew up eating McDonald's. Absolutely. Correct? So what VCs are looking at is if they can get a project which is catering to this segment, Mm. the community, Mm. then they know that this project has at least a 10-year runway runway Mm. before maybe it has to pivot and do something else. Mm. So in a nutshell... VCs are looking at this, mm. this age segment. If projects can cater to this age segment, of course, there is, you can talk about hardcore engineering stuff like layer one technology. Mm. 
but uh, honestly who really goes behind the hood and tries to understand bitcoin mm. tries to understand ethereum mm. we are understanding more of the apps mm. which are on that particular absolutely layer correct yep, yep, yep. so majority of the vcs is looking at this mm. so if you find <coughs> projects mm. which are catering to this segment just bet on it mm. interesting so kishar you know thank you for sharing uh, sharing that right so okay let's let's give some practical stuff right so today you're a vc you know again you do require a level of capital to be a vc as well right either through your own funds or through your own public as in through you know gazette funds or whatever not but for somebody out there who's watching this and thinking how do i get started you know so what should i be doing right talking about crypto forex options uh, investing in early startup projects but i only have $5000 right what do i do what do i start what would you say? what would you suggest will be the starting point for somebody starting up sure so i think one of the things wonderful things that you're doing um is you are helping a lot of guys to get started mm. right um whether it's trading or whether it is uh investing in certain coins mm. right mm. but the vc game is slightly different yep. right in the vc unfortunately the minimum cap is 100k yep. minimum like that's like the Base. bare 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 minimum yep. right and a lot of individuals may not have that kind of capital yeah, correct yeah but there's a way around it the way around it is you either join a community vc mm-hmm. for example we are a community vc which means good projects come to us and they say you know what minimum is 100k then only we will basically give you our tokens whatever our uh, project let's okay. put it this way okay. right and then we say okay fair enough then our community can then put a small amount of capital uh, $1000 2000 5000 depending on their mm. capacity correct mm-hmm. and that is how they are able to come in to this so called uh, Uh, get access to these kind of projects that's one way yep. okay another way is guys is you can participate in idos mm. so what is ido is these are projects on launch pads these mm. are crypto launch pads and there are some very good or well known names like engine starter dao maker right you can participate on their launch pads where they allow retail investors to come in and it could be as little as 1000 dollars mm. but if you want to get let's say a larger stake mm. then you need to stake their tokens mm. i don't want to get into the technicals of it but essentially what they're saying is you need to invest more to get more mm. let's put it this way yep, yep right yep. that's the second way the third way is exchanges have something called as ieo mm. so ido is on launch pads So first it's IDO, then it gets listed on the exchange. Some projects they don't go for IDOs; they straightway go for IEO. So you mm. can go directly to an exchange, let's say an exchange like Binance, Bybit, right? So they will give you allocation, provided you are the you are their user, mm. right? So you have traded on the platform for let's say X number of days, mm. then they say, okay, you know what, we're going to reward you. Mm. So that's another way. Mm. Another way right now, which is very very popular. is something called as airdrops. Mm. So what is airdrops? Airdrops simply means that they will drop you that means they will give you something for free but the word free is not free in the literal sense. Mm. You need to do certain task. Mm. 
So, what are these tasks? These tasks are, for example, you need to come and join the Discord group. Mm. You need to join the Telegram group. You need to comment, participate. You need to do some transactions. So, let's say if it's a, it's a layer 2 uh, project, right? They want to make sure that there's transactions happening. Mm. So, if you do some transactions and if you show them that, hey, I did a few transactions, they will give you some airdrops, which mm. means you can get anywhere between $100 to even up, up to $1,000 mm. of airdrops. Now, the good thing about these projects is if they do well, they can go anywhere between 10x to 100x. Mm. So what happens is, let's say you get a $100 airdrops, mm. which is free, right? You haven't paid for it. Now, that becomes a 100x. Imagine that $100 becomes $10,000. Mm. So that becomes your starting capital. Mm. So guys, don't lose heart that uh, I don't have a lot of capital. Like what Res said, work on your skill set. Because even Warren Buffett manages funds. Mm. Although he has his own personal wealth, which is in billions. But if you go back in history and look at how he became Warren Buffett, is because he knew how to grow people's money. Mm. And that's when people said, hey, Warren, why don't you manage my money? Mm. So if you develop a skill set, whether it's a trading skill set, whether it's an investing skill set, whether it is a uh, airdrop skill set, whether it is managing a Discord. You know, some people just manage Discord and Telegram groups and they get airdrops mm. from the projects. Yeah, or NFTs from the projects. Thank you so much for watching the episode so far with Kishore. I'm sure you have gained a lot of insights and a lot of wisdom from Kishore as well, right? Make sure you like this video, comment down below with regards to what are your greatest lessons that you got from Kishore so far and make sure you click on the subscribe button for more videos like this. Once I started the VC journey mm. and I started investing in startups, what I realized was these guys are so passionate mm. about their projects. They're so passionate about what they're doing that they will go to any extent to make the project successful. Not mm. everyone is like this. Mm. But if you find mm. the right one, they will do anything to get the right names on the cap table. Mm. So what is the meaning of that? What means is, guys, any project, like for example, you talk of... Uh, Coinbase, mm. right? Mm -hmm. So Coinbase did a 500x mm. return for the investors. So all the big names were on Coinbase, right? So you take any good projects. If there are good VCs on the cap table, which means cap table is essentially who are the investors. Mm. That project is going to fly, mm. right? So if you are part of that cap table, mm. that is your safety net. Mm. Mm. You can never say how the project will execute. Mm. But if you look at who are the launch pads, who are the exchanges, what's the cap table, these three things you look at, the rest, even if you get it wrong, mm. you will still get a 10x return. Wow. Interesting. Uh, practically, let's say somebody has money. How do they start this journey of being a VC? How do you become a VC? Actually, VC is a fancy name, Shresh, sure. to be very honest. Sure. Uh, what I'm essentially I'm trying to say is becoming an angel investor, mm -hmm. right? So, uh, investor is most most of the time we are thinking of buying in the secondary market, mm -hmm. like you actually buy Apple stocks, mm -hmm. you buy Google, right? That's called secondary investment, mm -hmm. right? Uh, Angel investor or VCs essentially they invest in 
startups which have not yet listed themselves. Mm. Correct? Now, why, why is there a higher return? Is because there's a higher risk. Mm. Correct? Definitely. Uh, majority of these projects can't make it. Mm. Correct? So, if you, if you are, let's say you join big boys, right? And, and that goes with trading also, right? Mm. So, let's say all the institutions are betting on Apple to go up. Mm. There's a very high chance Apple will go up because all sure. the big boys are betting it, right? Yep, yep, yep. So, it's the same concept over here. Mm. If all the big boys are on the cap table, you pretty much know that these guys will not let it, mm. you know, fall. Mm. And that's the whole point. Mm. What, what people make mistakes is, they hear the concept of startups, and they start betting any uh, startup founder just because it's an idea. Mm. But they don't find out who else is backing the project. Mm. Mm -hmm. So don't be the first backer. Mm. Be the last backer. Okay. When you're the last backer, you, you may get the worst deal. Okay. But according to me, it's the best deal. Okay, interesting. Because you are firing mm. by using the shoulder of the big boys. Mm. Interesting. Yes, that's the key. Okay, okay, wow. So, so many insights, guys. All right, so Kishore, you know, so I want to ask you a few more questions, right? So number one, you know, for the layman who is listening to this, right? A lot of insightful information, but for the layman who's starting out, right? Like, how do they maybe come and join a community-based VC, for example? How do you get access to, uh, you know, opportunities that you actually, that comes to your table? So, uh, Resh, we, we do run webinars okay. where they can come and join. And uh, we... We also have it on our website where they can come. This, we have an academy. They can click right. on it. They can register. We have like a, a monthly, at least once a month webinar where they can join and they can learn. Uh, and uh, we bring them projects. Mm. So the unique thing about us is we get the founders of the projects to, to talk about the project. We don't talk about the project because we want our community to hear it from the horse's mouth. And if they love what they hear, and if they want to be part of that journey mm. with that project, then by all means, they can contribute to that beautiful, project. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. That's amazing, right? So a lot of my own followers are part of that as yes. well, which is amazing, yes. right? So the next question I want to ask uh, you is this, right? So, uh, and this will wrap up everything very, very beautifully. Sure. Um, you know, how, what are some of the things that people really should do or should be really focusing on to build generational wealth? Good question, Resh. Um, if you if you go back in time and and if you really see how was generation wealth created, mm. you have to understand that there is a time for everything. Mm. For example, in between two thousand five and two thousand and ten, if you had invested in energy stocks, mm. if you had invested in engineering stocks. Mm your wealth would have gone up easily 10x, mm. easily, mm. in that five years period. Mm. If you invested in between 2015 to 2020 in technology mm. and in finance, mm. 
your money would have gone up easily again 10 to 100x. Absolutely. Now, why I'm saying this is because if you had invested in energy and engineering in 2015 to 2020, nothing. you would have not even beaten inflation. Mm. Correct? Absolutely. So, people don't understand mm. that there is a time for everything. Mm. So, if right now the time is Web3, mm. if the time is AI, mm. if the time is digital assets, mm. then that's where your money should be. Mm. You cannot say, I don't understand. Mm. I am not asking you to start an AI company, mm. right? How many people understand how to develop websites, mm. but they still have a website? Mm. How many people understand social media, mm. but they still have a Facebook page mm. for their business? They even have a Facebook page for, their, for themselves, mm. correct? Mm. So guys, as long as... So think of it like this, as long as people are using Facebook for their business, for their personal, Facebook will make money because of ads. Yep. So will Google, mm. correct? So you don't have to understand the technology. You just have to understand how many people are using chat GPT. Mm. So the number of millions of people that have started to use chat GPT, which is AI, was created within a year mm. what took Facebook 10 years mm. to get that many subscribers mm. or Google to get uh, YouTube to get that many subscribers. Yep, yep, yep. Chat GPT were able to do it within a year's time. Mm. So what does that mean? That simply means that AI is the trend. Mm. AI is the future. If you get this guys and you put your money there, your money will grow. Now I'm not saying put all your money there. No, mm. you have to have some money kept aside for your immediate needs, mm. right? You have to, at any time, you have to go and pay your school fees of your children for household stuff, yes. But then, when it comes to growing your wealth, you have to invest in the trend of the future. Mm. And the trend of the future is Web3, AI, digital assets. Mm. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing, man. So insightful. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much, Kishore, for you know joining the Modern Wealth uh, podcast. I really appreciate it so much, dude. You know, just to end off everything, you know, how can people find out more about you know your VC? Where can they find for information? How can they find more about you? Uh, so, Resh, we we do have uh, webinars mm. where uh, the community can join yeah. and they can learn. Mm. And if they're interested, uh, they can uh, they can participate in projects which we which we bring to them mm. and. Uh, that's, that's, I would say, the easiest way for, because our webinars are free, yep. right? So they can just join and then, then we basically Is there uh, a particular place them. they can find for these webinars? So we usually uh, have it on our website. Okay. They, they come to crowdfundjunction.com. Crowdfundjunction.com. Yeah, or Mad for NFTs. Okay. And they, we have an academy, so they can just click on it. Yep. And uh, usually we announce the date of our webinars and yep. they can just join. And if they're interested, then obviously um, we are here to, to help them start this journey of, uh, of uh, I would say, investing in, uh, with, along with VCs. Fantastic. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you very much, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Make sure you follow Kishore on his journey. And I will see you guys, guys again on our next episode. Bye, guys. Bye-bye.